0: Hi, I'm Beth Guckenberger, and welcome to the Punch First podcast. I'm here today with my husband Todd, and we are going through every one of the 21 days that's found in the companion guide, Punch First. It's a—I really wrote it because I was trying to come up with something that would feel like an activation guide, like something that you could interact with, like a really creative journal slash Bible study and embedded in the journal there are a bunch of questions and my idea behind this podcast is that you and I Todd would just kind of discuss those those questions ourselves some of the questions that we talked about when I was writing it and let people in on some of the stories of our household and of our marriage and our own faith journeys Um, okay here's my first question you find it in day one and that's uh what kind of questions do you have about evil or enemy activity. Before you and I started talking about this, the way we have the last couple of years, like, what do you think you've learned about the enemy, or what kinds of things did you think about him before now?
1: I think you know, even all the way back to childhood, I I just thought of good and evil. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't just uh, you know. That, and I don't think I even associated there was an enemy, or nobody really talked about it when I was growing up. But as I became a Christ follower, then you know, people would throw it around. Oh, the enemy's prowling around or, you know, it was more defensive in nature. Um and then you start to think, well, is the enemy everywhere? Where you know, so I think it was more things like that is what I what I tend to think about often.
0: Yeah, I know Uh, like during this study, I I got my head wrapped around this idea that we can sin and we can sin just fine on our own. No devil needs to make a sin. Like that's just my own nature. But if I don't confess that sin, what happens is that that sin gets what's called a foothold in our lives. Like it it Like if, like, like let's imagine I lied to you about something and I don't tell you because I'm embarrassed about it or because I'd rather you not know the truth or, I mean, I hate that, but I'm capable of that. If I don't confess to you that lie, it gets a little foothold. And the next time it's way easier to lie because I haven't done anything about it. Just, there's just an open door now. And then if, if I don't do anything about it, the Bible talks about that foothold becomes a stronghold. And then over time that stronghold, if I don't do the spiritual spring cleaning to to work on it, it becomes a part of my identity. And instead of having lied to you once, I'm now a liar. Mm. And I think what can happen sometimes in spiritual warfare is the enemy wants us to assume as part of our identity the very things that God came to free us
1: from. Yeah, almost hold us captive in our own in our own thoughts and our own lies and not necessarily like outward lies, but lies we tell ourselves.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think you and I do. We talk a lot about confession. We confess our sins to each other. We confess our sins to God. Sometimes, sometimes the first time I confess my sin might be out loud, but in prayer next to you. And what, like, to anyone that's listening, like, what, what do you think confession has done
1: for us as a marriage? Oh, uh, short accounts. Uh the enemy doesn't get a foothold. I mean, I, I think even since, since we started this conversation more in depth, even our, our disconnects, because you disconnect sometimes in marriage, they're Mm -hmm. shorter, they're, they're abbreviated because we're taking it to the Lord or to each other in confession faster than ever. And it just, it just shuts it down. It doesn't give the enemy an opportunity or doesn't give our own selves, our own flesh, the opportunity to take the bait.
0: Yeah. And I think oftentimes it it kind of rotates in our lives about which one of us has <laughs> enough self-control in the moment to do the right thing when I see you stop you know a conversation that's going in the wrong direction or or you hear me stop a conversation that is escalating it typically the the person who didn't do the stopping is grateful that somebody's stopping it right I mean like I can think about one time you and I were on a walk and the the agenda of our walk was to decide where you and I were going to go spend a few days alone together, and we're completely different people, and we had different ideas about where we were going and how much money we were going to spend and how many days we were going to be gone and who was going to stay with the kids. and And after you know a couple hundred yards, I didn't, I didn't want to go anywhere with you because we we didn't have the same way of thinking, and we have two choices in that minute. Like I can try to carrot and stick you into believing and doing what i want which is a version of manipulation or you can you can demand like hey this is what we're doing like this is just but in that kind of scenario someone always loses so tell our listening audience what you did when we um, escalated into an
1: all out conflict i can picture it it was you know <laughs> yeah during back, covid season so yeah, back road. I, I, I grabbed your hand i said hey what do you think the enemy would want to do right now? Because we've been talking about it, and and I and and we stopped. It 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 gets your attention when you're when you're attentive to what the enemy might want to do. Like, or if you're willing to say this might not just be about you and me right now, mm-hmm. uh, and to, to call it out, and then it it actually takes away the the sting or the the tension and says this isn't this is not worth worth disconnecting over
0: yeah it's not about winning in this right, moment
1: right and 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 all the disconnections you have because of what the enemy wants to do whether it's in our own flesh or you know things that we need to have confess then it's it, it you realize it's you it doesn't need to grow into this big just dis- dis- this big disagreement or or this disconnect and it's just not worth it mm-hmm. and
0: and we have adrenaline going at that point because you're human and you have emotions and we want to win and I thought my idea was better and you thought your idea was better. But when we stopped and said, what do we think the enemy would want to have happen here? We realized <laughs> he doesn't want us to rest. He doesn't want us to reconnect. He doesn't want us to refresh. And in that moment, I, w- I wanted to beat the enemy more than I wanted to beat you. Yeah. And I think that kind of reframe is is part of what I'm hoping Punch First does for people is like take a step away from the sin that might be entangling you and and look at a much bigger story. Go, you know, you and I often say like, oh, what's happening? 30,000 feet away from this. And sometimes it's not that far away but it's just like gain perspective. This is not cause, because our feelings can be strong. Our opinions are, you know. Your opinions can be strong. <laughs> we we. We feel very um, like we're right in that moment, and and I think pride is one of the first things we have to confess. I mean, I, I think that the result of confession is the death of pride, you mm. know, and judgment.
1: Yeah, it's good. One. When
0: I start to confess my sins, I mean, in my life, pride and judgment have had have long had a foothold in my life, you know. And I Genesis four talks about how there's sin crouching at our door. We have two choices. Um, God God's actually talking to Cain in that story. Um, Cain's the son, you know. That's where we get the phrase "raising Cain." He's about to kill his brother Abel, and God is warning him. I mean, in the same way, we're trying to, you know, think about the warnings. Like God's like, "Sin is crouching at your door. You have two choices. You can master it, or it'll master you." And the sin at my door is totally different than the sins at your door. Mm -hmm. Um, The sins at my door are. Judgment and pride, and so when I confess sins, I can watch those release their grip on me, and now I'm more of a vessel for God to do whatever He wants to do through. Uh, what kind of sins are crouching at your door?
1: Huh. Well, I, I was just gonna say, without saying that. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. One, uh, you know, and I think about um, even previous years where you'd struggle with something to take it to the Lord felt more shameful, mm-hmm. like you were you were trying to hide something but but knowing taking a sin you know whether it's anger probably that would be where i struggle the most or quick tongue or whatever taking that to the lord and, and having a conversation with him whether it's through confession or just prayer it, it, he's he's on our side yeah it's not he's not against us he's for us and and it's it's the enemy who wants us to take the bait and so for for me having that constant conversation with the lord and whether it's confession or just prayer that that keeps me on my not on my toes but keeps me more present with the lord
0: yeah because first we confess to jesus you know first john 1 9 he's going to cleanse us of our sins then we confess to the person we're sinning in front of because we don't want them to be a stumbling block we don't want to hurt them through our sin and then sometimes we have to confess our sins to accountability partners because we need someone to help us should we start sliding in that direction again and yeah i think we'll talk later in another episode about fellowship community accountability i think those are tools we can have in our tool belt okay as we finish this episode um one of the questions says everything is spiritual so what's the situation you're facing right now and what do you imagine the enemy really wants how could you make a spiritually offensive move i mean you and i probably have a couple of different examples i was thinking um We have a 19-year-old son who's graduated from high school and doesn't have a clear plan for his future. Hmm. And that's not that unusual. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't know at a young age what they want to be for the rest of their life. And you and I have talked about statistics are whatever it is he chooses, he's gonna have 10 more options. He'll, He'll jump around as he continues to grow and move throughout life. <clears throat> but it's creating a kind of insecurity and both in him and in us for him.
1: Yeah. And, and there's multiple levels we, we can disconnect over that, right? Like absolutely. you and I can disconnect. We can disconnect with him and and it's hard. And so to be on the offensive rather than the defensive is necessary.
0: Yeah. So like just as honest and practical and vulnerable as we can be, let's think about like what does the enemy want? He wants he wants our son to feel like um he doesn't have a plan there is no plan for him
1: yeah or that we don't care that he has a plan
0: uh-huh. the enemy would want you and I to feel panicked about it or shame that we didn't help him get a plan
1: yeah or embarrassed to some way or that you know or that we didn't do a good enough job over the years or
0: the enemy would want him to feel like man everyone else in this household seems to have a plan his his siblings are getting advanced degrees and jobs and uh, that he's he's different or not good enough.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think, and that either can drive us away from Jesus or to him.
0: Yeah. So what, like you and I have been talking certainly offline about what kind of spiritually offensive moves can we make? And I mean that word offense, not an offense of like we're going to offend somebody, but more that we're not going to sit back and wait. We're going to Cause I, 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 I can't get over the mental picture. I'll see if I can paint it for those that are listening that it can be tempting to think I'm going to batten down the hatches. I'm going to close the door on the church or the house or my marriage or whatever. And I'm going to try to prevent darkness from coming in. But that's not the position that God painted for us throughout all 66 books of that Bible. He says, you're supposed to storm those gates of hell, you're going to take ground that was once dark for light, you're going to you're going to advance you're going to go you I mean he is a he is a god who puts us on the move so what are some offensive steps we can take for that son of ours so that the enemy doesn't get any more ground than he's already gained
1: yeah i mean i think one simply is i mean it's knowing that when we when we have an interaction or, or come home from the day and he's there or not there to to know what does the enemy want to do like to ask ourselves don't not, take the bait <laughs> don't take the bait don't be reactive <laughs> and we hold each other accountable in that yeah I mean, we do there are, there are lots of times we're, we're you know big time wrestling tapping out or tapping in just we <laughs> gotta yeah but I, th- I think that is baseline right they're mm-hmm. just acknowledging what could happen yeah. if if we take the bait and, I, and then I think also being proactive we can you know in the way we interact with him I mean obviously it's trauma informed but you know how do, how do we make that happen in a very intentional way so we're not say, you know, it's just assuming things are gonna work out
0: so today, this morning, I was taking him to work, and I was saying to him, it's so tempting for me to tell him all the things he's not allowed to do, can't do, shouldn't do. Um, But I need to make sure that I'm spending as much airtime telling him, one, who he is, and two, what he can do. So uh, he had bought some book off the Internet that... Had a worldview that I didn't agree with, and everything in me wanted to say that is a piece of trash. What in the heck are you doing? Filling your mind with that, which I did do a version of that. But then, <laughs> but but not just that. I need to say here is the kind of things we want to fill our. This is this is the guide of life. Like there's nobody on the planet that cares about you the way your dad and I do, and we're telling you we have walked this world longer than you have. And here is the guidebook that will take that will keep you on a path that brings you to the kind of results you're hoping and looking for. These other things, these other voices, they're not going to take you in the right direction. I want to instruct you in the way you should go, not just shame you for choices that I don't agree with. And I think that kind of reframe of a conversation makes him open to what in that moment I'm saying versus, oh, here she goes again and closed off to any messages I have.
1: Yeah. And all done through trying to maintain that relationship uh, and connection, which is difficult. We've, you know, we've struggled with that and and seasons Mm.
0: okay well this is day one of the punch first podcast i hope that you have conversations of substance like this with the people that are in your world so thanks for being with us